Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Retroactive Sports Podcast. I'm Tan Patrick, and today I got a new guest, uh, Charlie Tord. How you doing, Charlie Tord? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks, thanks for having me. By the grace of God, I'm here. That's good to hear. I know that you played a lot of sports, Charlie Tord, but how do you feel? Who's the best player you ever played against, Charlie Tord? Uh, that that would probably be uh, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, he was really, really good on on and off the field. All right, let's get to our real host on this show, Andrew Lines and Johnny Townsend. Thank you, thank you, Tan Patrick. You didn't have to yell at Charlie toward there. Yeah, that was a bit too much. Charlie is just a, he's just a cool uh, human being. Very, very humble. I, I like. I, I think. I feel. I'm just glad we're doing this episode, just me and you, and that there's not a third person oh, yeah. just waiting in the wings to jump in on our sports or retro sports podcast here. Yeah. There's not a third person. Nope. Oh, wait, wait. Who's that third that? person on Zoom? It is the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> no, sorry. No. It's Brian Finch. I'm Brian it's Brian Finch. Finch. That's right, Brian. Uh, part of the airing of Grievous's. Star Wars podcast with me, uh, and uh, what's what's the uh, other one? I only know the one that I'm on. Drafting and drafting, staying on, staying on brand. <laughs> Always promote yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's that Star Wars show, and then I I'm currently doing the crafting and drafting with my buddies uh, Matt Johnson that you know from here on the network, and uh, Ryan Holt Bailey and Alex Morris who. Are good co-hosts of mine. That's my compliment for the day for them. They're all good. right, out of all five of us, uh, them three and uh, me and Andrew, uh, rate us from best to worst. <laughs> I will say best hair, Andrew. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll say best beer drinking ability, Johnny. <laughs> yep. I will say. Alex for his love of sci-fi is next, and then Ryan is last, but that's only because he's good at everything. <laughs> I figured you would love uh, Alex. Would be the best at a uh, person that is just totally against tattoos. Wink, wink. <laughs> yes, Alex does not enjoy tattoos. Actually, I did. I think I may have accidentally spoke the truth about him. Actually. <laughs> I just want somebody to love me the way that Alex loves TCU. That's all I want in this one. <laughs> Shout out to uh, all our Texas listeners. Who's I like, just want somebody to. to I just want somebody to love me the way that uh, Taylor Swift loves uh, being famous. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to market. It's bringing hey. people in. It is. It is. I just want. I just don't want anybody to hate me. And look at me and judge me the way that my wife does. Nicole, <laughs> does Nicole Jokic. <laughs> Nicole Jokic. <laughs> I got to tell you that. So according to my wife, Jokic should not be the best player in the NBA. He's slow. She's, he's she's going by just how she saw like two minutes of him playing last night. <laughs> uh, she actually, that was the first part of it. So pretty much she played on her phone. She looked up and she said, look at that guy. He's gassed. <laughs> and Jacoby and I said that guy is the best player in the nba if by the way brian he finished with a triple double last night yeah 
a 30 point a 30 point triple double (laughs) he got me 71 points in fantasy basketball and she was like he's gassed he can't be any good and we proceeded that's when we told her that he's like the best player in the nba if not arguably and she couldn't figure it out. She goes, look at him. He's slow. He just walks everywhere. He just does that. And I'm like, yeah, he's but, smart, <laughs> but watch him just work. Anthony Davis. Like there's yeah. no tomorrow. Anthony Davis, one of the top premier defensive big guys in the NBA. Couldn't stop him. Yep. Cause he I plays like an old man who I, barely jumps. <laughs> I don't know if anyone really could just because of how patient he is and how much he uses his teammates. Yeah, he honestly doesn't care if he doesn't score a single point. No, he doesn't care. He's got really good footwork too. Oh yeah, he's got some Elijah Wan footwork. Like I saw him down there, he's got some good. He's got the his he's his signature move is that spin around hook shot thing that he does, and it is almost unstoppable. That and that weird his shot has got a weird little hitch to it that Mm kind of works that really works for him. But you're both right. What really sets him apart is you can't rush him. It doesn't matter what you do. Uh, you can be like almost anybody he goes up against is twice as athletic as he is, but they can't rush him. They can't make him speed up. He runs at his own pace no matter what you do. And he, he has the best vision in the NBA. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But speaking of NBA, let's get to a guy that played 11 years in the NBA. For the Knicks, Spurs, and Rockets, and kind of a it's it's not Charlie Tord, it's Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. Now, I know the name Charlie Ward because in the mid nineties, I was hardcore into my basketball card collecting days as a kid, and the Charlie Ward rookie card was one that I still to this day have quite a few of. And I'm going to retire on those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're worth a couple bucks. But I definitely remember him from the my favorite version of the New York Knicks. And that's the one because they had Larry Johnson on the team. Uh, 99 Knicks. What a yeah. great team. I'm they a big had... LJ. They had, they had uh, Larry Johnson and that guy who tried to choke his coach at one time. <laughs> and they... Uh... That was the Knicks team that proved that they, the Patrick Ewing theory a little bit. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, um, Latrell Sprewell, just for those who don't know, that's who I was talking about. Yeah, it's like I'm like Oakley seems like that kind of guy. Did he? Do Oakley that? probably did, but nobody talked about it because they'd probably get choked if they did. I think Oakley <laughs> try wants to choke James Dolan now for kicking him out of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, but who doesn't want to? choke that guy that is true i'm pretty sure if you pull new york it's like 99.9 percent of new yorkers (laughs) should we choke dolan yes or no mostly i'm pretty sure if you go to a knicks fan be like uh just like anything like like should we legalize marijuana you got a choice you can legal or we could legalize every hard drug in america or get rid of james dolan (laughs) <laughs> and they're going to be like, definitely James Dolan and just take away everything. My favorite thing about the New York Knicks is that every year they're always putting rumors out that they're going to get one of the best players in the NBA to come to the New York Knicks, and, and it never, never happens. <laughs> Jalen Brunson. They're already talking. Jalen Brunson's good, let's be honest. But, but he's, not, he's not a superstar. No, no, no. Uh, he's all-star, I would say. But uh, they like right now, the, latest, the rumor that I saw just yesterday was that they're trying their best 
to turn Julius Randle, who's a decent player, don't get me wrong, but to think they're going to get uh, Embiid for him. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, the guy who won MVP last year. Yeah. You're going to get him for Julius Randle. I also, the, my fa- personal favorite, and it's very personal, uh, thing about the Knicks is that they are so closely tied to Bills fans. Seems like a lot of Bills fans are also Knicks fans in this region, living in Buffalo, New York. And I, I was like, you had a choice as not having a hometown basketball team to pick literally any team you could pick. And you picked the Knicks. You're already a Bills fan. You're probably a Sabres fan. Why in the world would you pick another dysfunctional losing team for your basketball team? Well, who I else are you going to pick? When I was a kid, I picked the Bulls when I was a kid. The and then I, I picked the Cavs when I got a little bit older. Because why but, not root for a winning team when you don't have a hometown team? Well, you also got to think about it. If you go with a hometown team in Buffalo for basketball, the closest team with ties to Buffalo is the Clippers. Is the Clippers. Yeah, I'm going to choose the Knicks over the Clippers. <laughs> I, Why? I, I, Why? <laughs> Have you seen the history of the Clippers? At least no. the Knicks players play. <laughs> I'm more concerned about the history of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, yeah. And that's why I'm depressed every day uh, for basketball season. I can't wait for us to lose uh, 40 games this year. It's going to be great. So you guys were the Bobcats for how long? A couple years. A couple years. years. See, what happened was we had the Hornets, and then uh, Shin, the owner, was like, we're getting out of here because uh, I want a new arena and I want all this money, and you're not going to do it. So he goes and says, we're going to go to New Orleans and call ourselves the Pelicans. But they stayed the Hornets Hornets for a little bit. And they're like, well, we're going to change this to the Pelicans. So the name the Hornets came up for grabs. And uh, Charlotte was without a team for a couple of years. And he was like, hey, let's get the Bobcats in because Michael Jordan's like, I'll be a part of this. And uh, now we have the Hornets. And we got like LaMelo Ball and a couple guys who are probably going to go to jail at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at least they'll be entertaining. Hopefully, yes. it happens while they're on the court. Just the I just want Miles Bridges to be arrested after he goes for a dunk. Like, let him <laughs> score the two points first place, and then you can take him to jail. Oh yeah, you got that guy. I forgot about that guy. Oh, we sure do. <laughs> Go us. <laughs> but uh, a guy who I would dare say is probably a much better citizen, Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. I would yeah. think so too. Now, how do you? So I obviously know him purely from basketball. What about you guys? Well, that's why, like, when you mentioned this is because I know him for college football, and I said, if we're going to do anything college football and we got the time, I'm bringing in Brian, who is, like, the college football guy. Like, for I would consider that. But me, it's college football. 93, Charlie Ward was the man. Like, he was everything. Florida State was super cool at that point. Uh, I don't think I'd like watching football on Saturdays with my dad, I don't think anything wasn't just based on what Charlie Ward was going to do in a Heisman race in 93. Even in 92, he was pretty good, but 93, I think was the time that he like shined in football. And then you find out that he played basketball and you're like, what (laughs) he does this. And I guess doing, when I was doing research, he got drafted by the Brewers too, at one point. So the guy was a three sport athlete. Awesome. 93, I, I would have been playing football, little loop football every single Saturday, you know, up until at some point in like early November. Um, so most of his 
playing time I would not have seen live would always be relying on like watching ESPN clips and he would be on there. Um, I was aware of his name. I was a Florida state fan uh, without any gear just because they shared the same color pattern as me. They were, you know, we're more, our colors were more closely tied our little team to the old Redskins colors that I guess still the current commander's colors. And I was always a, a side Washington fan besides a bills fan. And then uh, I was an FSU fan early on too. And that also ties into Dion though too. So it's a little like, that's how I really became a fan of FSU was the same colors. They're also named after native Americans and they have really fun, fast players. And Charlie Ward was always secondary for me. It was always Dion first. And then thinking of, and then if I think FSU, I would think Charlie Ward. I just, but never basketball. It was always football for me. He's I didn't a, watch college basketball. I wasn't aware of college basketball as a real thing. And when I was like, well, what about nine or 10? I think the other thing with college basketball too, is he played for Florida state. And they weren't good. They Florida states. I mean, you're in the ACC with the Dukes and what? Yeah. Carolina. yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Oh, Don't forget. <laughs> and that ends our friendship right there because I said Duke before <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, even even the likes of like Georgia Tech would be like better than them. Oh, in the nineties, Georgia Tech was quite good. Yeah. yeah, right. So, I mean, they were way down there. They're a little better nowadays, Florida State, as far as a college basketball program. They're normally yeah. super athletic. They can jump out the gym, but as far as actually working as an offense, not normally for that long. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, grow, growing up in North Carolina, it's it's most certainly a basketball state here, right? Uh, especially college is huge. College basketball, I mean, we got, I would dare say, one of the biggest rivalries in college sports with Duke and Carolina when it comes to basketball, especially. Uh, you know, that one's a storied rivalry, as we like to say down here. Uh, and and uh, so, like, I was well aware of him because this would be uh, in my, when I was a kid, especially around 9 and 10 years old, I did my best not to miss a UNC game. And so I'd get all the ACC news and I knew about all of these players and I have a thing for these players who are um, a double sport type of guy like Charlie Ward, because we had a Mr. Uh, Julius Peppers who did the same thing. And I remember seeing this big, huge guy uh, when he, on his, when he was first playing for the Tar Heels in the basketball court. And I was like, I got to see how this guy goes. And he could like, he became my favorite player. <laughs> Because he was just so cool to watch this humongous guy play and be so wildly crazy athletic despite his size. He, he looked like a football player playing basketball. Yeah. And I remember being blown away by that. But Charlie Ward is, you know, by that era's standards when it comes to football, small, right? He was 6'2". Yeah, that was like his big knock is no matter how big he was, was he was 6'2". Uh, we talked about it before this episode. So NFL has evolved over time where you don't have to be that six foot four, six foot five stand in the pocket type quarterback anymore. But back then that's what they wanted. They wanted you to stand back there, throw the ball. You can't be using your happy feet to be getting around people <laughs> running around in the backfield. That that was, you had to be, 
almost like an established star because really the only people that really did that before that point to a high level, Fran Tarkenton and Roger Stahlbeck, that you can look at. You stood in there, you took a hit. That's what you did. And you didn't complain about it because that's what you had to do. Uh, I mean, you could shuffle and do anything, but to do the things like Charlie Ward was doing or uh, say in the ways of like now Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, guys like that, that they see trouble, they get out of it. They see trouble, they get out of it. No, you saw trouble and you you threw the ball away and you just threw it, it into traffic <laughs> or you and you took a massive hit. Those were your options. Anything else was considered just unathletic quarterback play. And unfortunately at this time too, um, I know a lot of people would be like, oh, why would you even bring this up? But I'm not going to lie. This is 93. I think skin color played a part in it as well. I'm, I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the black and white thing, but I'm just going with the times. There wasn't that many black quarterbacks in 93. Yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, you got pretty much Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham. That's two. How many could you name now? You could name tons. I mean, there was three in the first round of the NFL draft. So I think that plays played a part in him not going and not getting because his draft grade here he is winning the Heisman Trophy. And his quarterback stats are really good i mean he completed almost 70 percent of his passes threw for over three thousand yards had 27 touchdowns and only threw four ints with a passer rating of 157.8 which is really good uh he did do some running not as much as some people might think i mean he had 65 attempts for 339 yards and four touchdowns that's what's the seismic trophy year and they put a third to fifth round grade on him because he was six two uh, and he said, because he had basketball to rely on that either I get picked in the first round and I'll guarantee you, I'll be at camp for football or I can't guarantee it to you. I'll just go see what I can get in the NBA. And you look at his basketball stats, the Knicks in a way, I know he was drafted 26th overall in the first round they're not jump out at your stats. I mean, they're very solid. They're very solid stats for a 10 year career vet, but they're not like, they're obviously not superstar. They're way more of a very, like he's, he was, he basically became that point guard. You could kind of depend on to come in and give you some good minutes and he wouldn't make that many dumb plays and he would just make your team run pretty well. I'm talking about his college stats. Oh, oh, I don't know about his college stats. Oh, there's only one season where he averaged over (laughs) over 10 points a game and then that's the only season he ever averages over 10 points a game i believe <laughs> yeah that's yeah. and he only played i mean i believe because of football and stuff but he only played maybe like in that season he only played 16 games well i wouldn't be oh. surprised if his heisman year actually helped him get drafted in basketball then because like this guy's an athlete if anything and he also knows how to play basketball because he played basketball too so that probably helped a little bit there there's been a lot of cases where a player was pretty good in two sports but they decided to go with one of the sports i mean even recently um anthony edwards for the timberwolves Mm -hmm. uh got a lot of heat even though he was like 
he's an incredible basketball player, and he's going to be really good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Miami, Miami also, you can't go there. You got to fit the culture. Uh, The, uh, but he's like, he loves football, right? And uh, he decided to go basketball because he knew he would, he could make more money and just because of how he plays and it would fit him better. And so he got a lot of flack for the, a lot of people saying he doesn't really love basketball. He just loves football. But, you know, if you can play both, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that was the same thing with Kyler Murray. He signed, he played, he signed a mat, pretty decent deal with the Oakland Athletics. And then all of a sudden he wasn't sure if he was going to go play baseball or he was going to uh, play football. But then when they found out that he was going to get drafted first overall, you're like, why would I ride a bus in the minor leagues when I can just be making major money in the NFL? Yeah. Very much so. Very, very much so. So, but it's really well because I think Charlie Ward is, he's, I know he's for sure the first, but I think he might be the only player to play in the NBA who actually was also a Heisman Trophy winner. He is. Right. Yeah. And he's the first college player to uh, ever go undrafted. First Heisman Wolf, Heisman winner to go undrafted. I mean, if you look, so in 93, he was the national champion, he won the Heisman, highest award. He won the Maxwell, which is like the next highest award for best overall player. The Walter Camp Award, which is another great overall player. The Johnny Unitas Award for like one of the best quarterbacks. The Davy O'Brien, best quarterback. Uh, he was the ACC Offensive Player of the Year. He, a two-time ACC Player of the Year. Uh, two-time ACC Athlete of the Year, uh, Sporting Nudes Player of the Year in 92 already. He made it into the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. That can't be, I don't know how great that is, but, and he also has his jersey retired there. So, I mean, the guy was good. And in 93, see, this is the thing. This proves my point. If you look at the 93 draft, NFL draft, the top draft pick, and quarterback is the man, the myth, the legend for Walla Walla, Washington, Drew Bledsoe. So he fits the mold of that guy that's six foot five, 225, 230, or something like that. Yeah, he was six foot five, 238. And why would you want him? But then you got little old Rick Meyer. And I think what Rick Meyer was a bust who was drafted second overall as a quarterback out of Notre Dame. But Rick Meyer got the, he's the next Joe Montana rub from Bill Walsh. And he ended up being an absolute bust, but it's like nobody wanted him. That's where I think it's not all size. And there was some type of skin color involved as well. It's got to be some of that, right? Because it just doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you at least just take a chance on the guy? Because he wanted to go in the first. It, it, it was first round or nothing for him. Yeah, but there's got to be some teams like, like toward the end of that first round. Or like, you know what? Let's just take the guy one of Heisman crying out loud. Let's at least try him. See what happens. The Dolphins, I'm glad, picked their pick at this point. Because <laughs> we got O.J. McDuffie. Nobody says a bad word about OJ McDuffie in front. Nobody of says a bad word about any football player named OJ. Never. <laughs> you, you keep OJ McDuffie. OJ McDuffie is a saint. Who's better? 
OJ McDuffie is man. Who's better with a ball in their hands? OJ McDuffie. Yeah, who's better with any sort of object in their hands? OJ McDuffie gets the job done. You leave OJ McDuffie alone. One of them's really good at running through like the malls and stuff to get to a rental car, though. So <laughs> that is a question, though. Why didn't anybody take a flyer on him? I just think, like, if you're one of the teams that's on the bottom end of the draft, and you're like, you know what? Let's just try. Let's just try this guy. Uh, let's just see what we might have something here. Who knows? Like, that's, that's the part that just blows me away. I'm trying to look, and the only one that I could think of. Like in the later half of the draft, because there's only 29 teams. Oh, geez. Would probably be the Eagles. Because Miami is probably not going to touch them because they're building around Marino. The 49ers, you have Steve Young. The Bills, you still have Kelly. Kelly as the player wasn't that bad. And then the Packers in 93. How did the 93 Packers do? Is that still? That's Favre's first year. So you, I think you just spent a first round pick on Favre. So the only team I could see him going to in 93 in that later half is the Eagles. I mean, the other thing too is he could have, you could have brought him in and been like, Hey, Let's let's have him as a backup first, and have him learn, you know. And maybe we got, you know, that's, that's the part I don't understand. Like, it just the take first, a flyer on the dude. The first, yeah, but the first round in the NFL draft—that's like your. I mean, Brian, you're a draft guy. You know, that's your that's your spot. That is going to you're going franchise player. And well, I, yeah, you definitely leverage it more that it's got certain weight, GMs know that the pressure to, to hit on your first round pick, especially because you normally have the most information on these guys. These are the guys that you got to meet. Probably these are guys that your scouts have talked to. These are guys that you got to see at the combine. These are guys that you got to see at a private workout guys. You got to see at their college workout. Like it's not always a, a thing as far as like their talent more than just comfortability. So I would say that Charlie Ward being the, two-sport athlete that he was, the apprehension would have been worth it and to not take him the first, probably. Because you want a guy that's dialed in. Sean McDermott, hand to God as a Bills fan, Sean McDermott would not be a Charlie Ward guy because he wants you all about football. He needs to know that that's your passion. That's that's what you wake up for every day. You wake up to, wake, to go play football. So, there's knuckleheads like that in the NFL back then and probably even more. But I would think in comparison to nowadays for sure. Like he, Charlie Ward wouldn't scare you as much. I mean, Ru- Russell Wilson, you know, still gets spring workouts with baseball teams. Like these guys had some of these guys have legit shots at playing in another sport. So Yeah, so do you just do you just think that he was just ahead of his time then, Charlie Ward? Mm-hmm. He is ahead of his time. But well, I will say that the greatest thing that I, I learned from doing, you know, a, a week's worth of kind of looking into him and stuff is Bobby Bowden, who you would think is as old school as it comes as a coach 
and obviously he's the he's a goat, right? Of oh yeah, college football. Uh, he bought in a hundred percent to Charlie, and I was gonna bring it up. It's it's one of the few things that like I knew like they changed their offense when they played against, I believe it was Florida. It was either Florida or Nebraska at the end of the year. It was definitely towards the end of the year. And they changed their offense in the second half because they were down. And they went up with a more hurry-up, spread-out offense where Charlie was getting the ball out of his hands quick and he was getting guys in a position to, like, make plays. And he was super accurate with the ball. Like, as far as ball placement goes, like, Charlie Ward was excellent. Um, probably not probably not a big arm. Uh, like, in comparison to, like, nowadays, if you wanted to say who is he comparable to, he's probably, like, got the athleticism. This sounds like a, a knock, but it's not. But, like, Jared Goff. Like, Charlie Ward... Charlie, no, but golf can run. He just hey, doesn't. If I was going to compare him to somebody, and like we know we're going to get into like a little bit of what if aspect, yeah. I think he could have been Steve Young. Okay, yeah. Well, Steve Young also probably like a f- high four fives guy, low four six guy. That's fast for a quarterback. It looks yeah. different. A quarterback takes off and they're running that speed. Compared to if you were to look at a wide, if you saw a wide receiver one four six like Jerry Rice supposedly did, you know it looks different on like film or live when you're watching the game compared to when a quarterback does. Quarterbacks just look different when they're up to that speed. And Charlie was gifted enough that he could get out of way and scramble for some yards, but he was always it was always about I forget what they called it. They had a fun nickname for their offense, but. Um, it was always about get it out of your hands quick, you know, let, let your wide receivers make plays and just be efficient. And that's, he killed you. It was death by, uh, you know, uh, a million cuts, a million, a million paper cuts. And this guy would just, he would take what you gave him and he knew that his players, because Florida state was such a powerhouse, like the athletes they had yeah. at running back and wide receiver were always better than the guys they were facing until they got to little bigger games. That makes sense, too, because if you watch highlights of Charlie Ward playing basketball, uh, there's one you can find where, like, he he scored, like, 20 points. He had, like, a really good game, so there's highlights of it. And he's just throwing these pinpoint accurate passes to, like, Larry Johnson as Larry Johnson's going down the lane, like, perfectly where he would want it, you know, uh, and getting and hitting Latrell Sprewell perfectly where he would want the ball. So that does make sense that, um, he just had that ability, that talent right there of getting apparently any sort of ball <laughs> where he needed it to go to the right person at the right spot. Yeah. So okay. it, the offense came out of, they were down big, I think like three scores at least. And I mean, they had to hurry up. Right. But then it was just like the cake on offense for the bills where all of a sudden they just realized like, what if, what if this is the offense? What if this is what we always do? And then the next year he comes out ninety three because that that was in ninety two did they did that he comes out ninety three and he has the Heisman year and Heisman too in a day and age where college football the power was a lot more central you had like legit powerhouses like now 
you've got a few that you think are always going to win the championship, but overall the talent is way more spread out e- a, a lot more evenly than it was back then. Back then you had Florida state, uh, Miami, Notre you had Dame. Notre Dame, Nebraska. uh, <laughs> definitely Nebraska. You know, there was a Texas, you know, Alabama was starting to get there yeah, a little yeah. bit, but, LSU a little bit too. Like the SEC has always been really good, but you know the fact that he was able to put together that season in that conference, I think, speaks louder. And especially at the time then, like it was just harder. It was just harder to be that good and to put put together a, a, a season like he did. They were putting hurting on teams. I was looking at the '93. They played um, Miami real close in the in the '92 season, and um. They- they got I kind of want to go and watch it, but and then Miami ends up winning the national championship that year. Yeah, 90, 93, Uh They beat Miami twenty eight to ten. Uh, oh, they beat North Carolina, Johnny. Big football, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Johnny doesn't get the only game they lost in ninety three <laughs> was to Notre Dame, and I remember this game was twenty four. They they only lost by like. Seven. It was thirty-one twenty-four. Notre Dame. I'm just saying, North Carolina is not known for their football program. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's these boys in Texas, man. A different yeah, world down a here. Team now. Yeah, they got a decent quarterback. Yeah, yeah, maybe good. Yeah. Right. Um. Well, here's the question. Then. Let's get to this what if yeah. thing. Do you think that if Charlie Ward decided, like, if let's just speed him up to an era where he would have fit more, right? Do you think he would have had a better NFL career than he had a basketball career? 100%. I think even back then, because the Chiefs did contact him and say, hey, we'll take you in like in the fifth. Oh, yeah, and they're coming off of old man Joe Montana. They got one more year of him. Montana retired in 94. Okay. Yeah, so they got one more year of Montana. So... If he would have said yes, set behind Montana, and then the next year that Chiefs team went three and thirteen with Steve Bono, who there's a lot of people that don't know who Steve Bono is. Uh, biggest claim to fame is he was like the third quarterback for those 49ers teams. Well, I knew he was. I know he played professionally because of Pro Bono. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Charlie Ward, even back then, could have done something great. I think, it, especially if he's in that. Because it, it sounds like in college it was a West Coast type offense, and the West Coast is very infancy at that point of just working the ball slowly down the field, find the open guy, times time routes and stuff like that. And if well, he... in in any of in any of the major sports, it takes like one guy with a special talent and a coach and a team willing to kind of play around with that talent. You know, I, I think immediately of when Steve Nash went to the Suns, right? And they changed, they completely changed how they play where it was like 12 seconds or less, even though you got 24 seconds on the shot clock. Like, hey, we're going to get this ball up the court and we're going to get a shot up in 12 seconds because we got Steve Nash and he can do that. Yeah, it. I, I think he would have succeeded. I know I asked this question a while ago on the Facebook page, you know, where do you think he would be? Not too many people like it was Hall of Famer, starter, career backup. 
not too many Hall of Famers, but a lot of people were saying starter, you know, and then some said starter, mostly said career backup, but I think he could have been a starter. I think he could have been something a little bit more special and probably would have kick-started the league in what we considered today a quarterback that you got to move and you cannot be a statue. Like, you got to be able to move your feet, move around, open up plays, uh, extend plays and stuff like that. And I think that's what you would have got out of Charlie Ward. I'm trying to think of what team he would have fit in then, not just if there was a spot available for him, more of stylistic. I would have liked to. Oh, sorry. I would like well, to see just who teams. runs it. The Chiefs? No, I, for well, I think with the Chiefs, by the time he would have actually got in, is this is the shot in Heimer. Okay. So by the time he would have got in, you're not benching Joe Montana for Charlie Ward. I, I don't care how great Charlie Ward is. You're not benching Joe Montana for Charlie Ward. So the 95 season, they went three and 13. He's got two years. If he was willing to do it, two years to sit behind Joe Montana. Then all of a sudden you jump in and you play Marty ball. And the quarterback, the other, it was Steve Bono who threw for 3,000 yards and 21 touchdowns. I think Ward could have probably done a little bit better. Okay. And you got Marcus Allen in the backfield protecting you. Stephon Page? No, he's gone by now. You get, you're you looking at Willie Davis, Webster Slaughter, uh, Lake Dawson, Traumatic Vanover, who was a teammate of his in Florida State. <laughs> These are all made-up names. <laughs> These are all real legit names. <laughs> Blake Dawson was a great TV show. I watched that all the time when I was growing up. Well, I was a pacey guy. What yeah. about Kimber, Kimberly Anders? But I think that's something that you could do. And I think Marty probably would have protected him and getting him into an offense that he could probably run a little bit better. What are some other uh, Heisman Trophy winners that didn't pan out in the NFL? Like, like major ones. Sure. I know there's been a bunch. Well, that's there's... how it went for most of the time. Yeah. It was like almost a curse. It's like you you weren't great. Like Tim Tebow, one of the most decorated college quarterbacks of all time, absolute trash in the NFL. So, Johnny, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Okay, I'll decide this. All right. So <laughs> back in, I think, 1936, 1929, the NFL has their very first draft. Yeah. So nobody really knows. Scouting's nowhere near what it is today. So you got the first pick in the draft, and you're like, I'm going to pick the Heisman Trophy winner. So the first ever pick in the NFL draft is the first ever Heisman Trophy winner in Jay Brewanger. Yes, I said that's his name. And he never mm-hmm. played a down in the NFL. So the first ever Heisman Trophy winner that was ever drafted never played a down. In his defense, the rubber factory that he went to go work at made he could make more money. But there's we talked about curses. We should have talked about a Heisman curse. As well, well, I, I think that happens a lot of times when you go from college into the pros. With a lot of the sports, is it doesn't always just having a decorated college career does not mean uh, automatically you're going to have a, a really good pro career. I I think it's a little bit easier now to transition. Well, now, yeah, because like kids are are focused on a sport like from ten years old out, and that's all they do every day. Well, I think the knock on college was is even college has gone through a progression of things where 
I don't want to say it's gimmicky offenses back then. It just wasn't a pro. There wasn't as many teams running pro style offenses. So even in this case of uh, Charlie Ward, the guy that came second to him in Heisman voting, he Schuler, he ran a very simplified offense. So like, it's like anything in basketball, you're reading the field. He only had to read like two things and that's it in the NFL. Now all of a sudden that whole field's open up and you got to look at everything. And I think that's what the problems was with a lot of offenses back in this time where they weren't so pro style as they were, we have better athletes. So we're just going to run some crazy stuff and we're going to get you like uh, the option. Ever see it where two guys are running the other guy just kind of like tosses the guy the ball yeah. behind him. I haven't seen the option in years. Does anybody still run the? You watch way more college than I do. Does anybody even run the option anymore? Like as a, I would I would imagine player. everyone has it in their playbook, just whether or not it's built in enough that like like wing t, you're talking like wing t stuff. I'm talking uh, Rich Rodriguez. I know this is a bad name for you, Rich I'm Rodriguez, like West Virginia type stuff. Well, in some ways, there's comparisons to what Charlie Ward ran in college as far as how much spread there is, similar in using players all over the field, but not necessarily attacking downfield as much. Charlie Ward's offense would have been attacking downfield more, where Rich Rod was using more space sideline to sideline to try and get guys open. No, but yeah, but I'm just talking about like the way that colleges ran their offenses. Like it was mm-hmm. very much more option veer gimmicky type stuff than what it is what it is there's probably like three offenses basically in in 92 93 you had teams still running the wing t triple option offense which also includes ground and pound you had a quote-unquote pro style but it was only pro style in the fact that we're lining up in power eye weak pro uh a lot of 22 personnel a lot of fullback fullbacks still used, and then you had the really obscure ones, which is like the predecessors to like what you see run now. Was there out in the West Coast? You did have a lot of guys running a lot more wide open passing game, but there's a reason why the Pac-12, besides USC, was terrible forever. There's there's a reason there's a reason that you had just blips every now and then. You know the with Drew Bledsoe with Washington or you know, uh, obviously the USC always, but like UCLA was nothing in the nineties and Oregon was nothing in the nineties and Utah was nothing in the nineties. Like these, yeah, these teams... urban. Right. So as far as finding comparisons for Charlie Ward's potential playing from, I actually, in hindsight, I think a lot of guys would agree with us that, he possessed everything you did want at, at quarterback, just in a different package. Charlie Ward was more than just a six-two black quarterback who uh, the tertiary fan looks at and goes, "Oh, he was the first like scramble around quarterback." It's like, no, ideally, Charlie Ward wanted to catch the ball and shotgun, go through his reads and get the ball out of his hands. Like he wasn't looking to run. He was a smart quarterback and. He had great athletes, and why not just rely on them? And it's, there's no way you win a Heisman without doing that back then. You wouldn't survive, survive probably running around like a crazy person. It looks like he was the 
first Heisman winner in a long time that wasn't a running back. Oh, uh, no. Mm, yeah, see. well, I'd have the Heisman's pulled up if you want to give Johnny a, a few examples of how bad they were. I was just going to start with the next guy after Charlie. So, Gino Toretto. Don't even. Don't. You keep Gino Toretto out of your mouth. You put some damn respect on Gino Toretta's name. If it wasn't for Gino Toretta, I would have never watched college football. You put some damn respect on Gino Toretta's name. We're talking pro quarterbacks or pro players. I thought he was was a character in The Godfather. No. (laughs) He was drafted, damn it. Seventh seventh round. Terrible quarterback. Hey, so was everybody in the Vietnam War? It's all right. There's more. There's don't worry. He's not alone here. How about uh, just going quarterbacks? How about Danny Werfel? Hey, you keep some damn. You put some <laughs> damn respect on Danny Werfel's name too. It's my I love that guy. Andrew knows all these names. I've never at all heard of them. Fun and gun offense put asses in the seats. Okay, uh, ninety-seven backers for life. Back to back years here. We got some bangers. Chris Winky and Eric oh. Crouch. Back to back years. Eric Crouch was the example of he ran an option style offense and he gained a lot of yards, but he couldn't throw the ball worth a damn. And then all of a sudden the Rams were like, Hey, we'll make you into a wide receiver. So and Winky's a great last name. Let's not, let's not. That's your that. quarterback. That's a Carolina boy. That's a yeah, Carolina Winky. Great last name. Yeah. <laughs> Jason. Uh, White. Yeah. Jason White's the next terrible one. I was like, you got to skip over Carson. Cause he was actually pretty good. Uh, Matt Liner's a name, but he wasn't good. Yeah, Ty Detmer, not good. Andre Ware, the Lions drafted back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners, and only one of them was good. <laughs> and the other guy, it was Barry Sanders and Andre Ware, and we all know who is good, Barry Sanders. <laughs> yeah, you don't even, even I know that. <laughs> what about this guy, Doug Flutie? That's a name I've heard. Doug Flutie, pretty decent. Uh, the uh, here's a good, prime example. This is a good old ball coach and Steve Spurrier. He was pure trash. Oh man, you're going way back. Yeah, <laughs> there's some good guys back there. Uh, trying to. Troy Smith was horrible. Yeah, you. I mean, the, the, that's why it's a. It was a running gag for a long time of just. You don't draft the Heisman winner. Yeah. Especially oh. nowadays because it's a quarterback. But I mean, so down in Carolina, there, Johnny, you guys got Bryce Young, the, the Heisman in 21. Yeah, he's, he's doing great, right? He's, he's, he looks <laughs> fine. He looks fine. He's not awful. A rookie. We're winning a lot of games. Winning a lot of games. I don't, I wouldn't expect winning a lot of games in Carolina for football in quite some time. Joey Burrow there, uh, you know, obviously he's good. Tyler Murphy, I don't know, maybe good. Uh, uh, Baker, I don't know. Johnny Manziel, he was horrible. Oh, t- everyone could have called that though. Uh, if there was, if there were bets in Vegas for Johnny Manziel being a Pro Bowler or Johnny Manziel being arrested with a dead hooker in his trunk. I go with <laughs> Vegas. I would have put all the money on the dead hooker in his trunk. I'd go with the dead hooker, one hundred percent. Yeah. Or or would Johnny <laughs> Manziel flame out because he's a horrible drug addict? I would have bet that all day. Well, here's the, here's the thing I was trying to think of. Like in the equivalent with basketball would probably be the Wooden Award, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like they give the wooden word out to the best college basketball player. So I was looking that up, and a lot of these names are your big names that you know and you recognize. But then you also have some every once in a while that you're like, uh, you know, um, let me find one here. Uh, Doug McDermott, solid player, but you know he's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna change your team. Jimmer Fredette, probably one of the greatest scorers in college, and he. He played like one game in the NBA, basically. I heard he's killing it, though, in China. He is. And also, I of all the basketball card rookie autographs that I got, the, that's the one that I got. So, go, go me. He was uh, doing stuff before Steph Curry that Steph Curry does. I remember him in the tournament taking two dribbles past the fr- the, the half-court line and ch- jacking up a three and ending it. Yeah, but he was also – I think his – I don't know. I don't know him well enough to say this, but I think his attitude didn't help him any. Uh, I think you're correct. Uh, TJ Ford, <laughs> just throw that name out there. A <laughs> Ford the first ever draft. What a Michael Jordan picked TJ Ford. Yeah, it sure did. But I mean, you also got names like uh, you know Larry Bird, of course, Ralph Sampson, Michael Jordan, Chris Mullen, David Robinson, all these Hall of Famers, also at the same time. Yeah, and Larry Johnson. I can't leave out LJ. <laughs> we more we more likely that the best player in college basketball. Uh, turns out to be a good pro basketball player. Yeah. Way more likely. I, and it, it has to do with the fact that it has to be that there's only five guys mm-hmm. involved at one time instead of yeah. 11. Because yeah. in a, as a quarterback, like perfect example would have to be Schaub for Houston Texans right now. He didn't win a Heisman, but still regarded as potentially, or, or uh, not Schaub, Carr, sorry, yeah. Derek's brother, David. Regarded as a really good prospect coming out. Everyone's like, cool. Houston, new franchise, going to get a good swing here. And their offensive line was so trash. That dude didn't stand a chance to learn anything. Because you can't learn how to play better when you're always on your back. Yeah. I think basketball, you don't have to worry. Like basketball, you could already have some decent pieces set up. Perfect example is probably Orlando, right? Like oh, yeah. comes in and already it's like okay, here we go. Or uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. They have really good pieces that they've drafted, right? Um, yeah. But like, here's the thing too, though. With the, I'm very curious how this, how this is in the NFL because basketball wise, it's definitely changed, right? Younger players have more options now. Instead of just going to college, they can actually play pro right away if they really want to. Uh, but uh, my example would be, I guarantee you, without if I said you can't look it up, who are the four Wooden Award winners after Zion Williamson? Guarantee you, you wouldn't get them. Uh, I'm not, I looked at a couple of names, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but would you have gotten them if you, if you didn't look? I have no idea who any of those people were. Some guy from Dayton won it? <laughs> Obi Toppin's well, actually really good. I've... Probably now that you actually said his name, I don't know who any of these people are. His first name's Opie. Ob Obi Ob. Like he's, a, he's an awesome. He's he throws down some thunder dunks. I'll tell you that much. He's a really good highlight real type of player. I, but then you got like Luke Garza. And there's no offense to these players; they're all really good players. Uh, Zach Eddy won it last year. Uh, Oscar and I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I will not say it right. The year before that. Uh, you know, these are years when you have like some incredible. Well, also too in the NBA, uh, the players from other countries are becoming a huge deal, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the other reason for that. 
how's it in the NFL today or recent uh, times? Does the Heisman winner mean anything anymore or as much as it used to? It's a quarterback award. Yeah, it's turned into like the NFL MVP. Yeah. Because everything. Uh, Three years ago, no, two years ago, Devontae Smith, uh, wide receiver, won it, which was a big deal back then. That's huge because not too many wide receivers win anything. Like there's never, there's been more kickers to win the NFL MVP than wide receivers. Did Johnny Townsend win one? No, it was Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Mosley, 1982, Washington Redskins. And I'm going to call them the Washington Redskins because that's what they were called back then. Yep. That's fine. Uh, I, I don't care. I think <laughs> it's, uh, I just letting listeners know because I'm pretty sure there's somebody. I don't care, and I and I legit uh, have Native American ancestry. In my if you life. listen to the life, retroactive so. sports podcast, and you don't prefer hearing Redskin over football team or Commanders, I dare say you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. True. <laughs> I think the way that you look at a lot of awards is getting into just the changing of sports. So yeah. like you watch the Heisman go from a running back award to a quarterback award. Yep. Just like you watch the NBA go from center oriented to wing oriented. Like yeah. that's, that's what I've noticed. I know a lot of people, the younger people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, listen, back in my day, if you didn't have the guy in the center, yes, I used oh, to. You, did. you don't it's have right, that yeah. guy in the middle. There's a reason why uh, Elijah was chosen it. ahead of Michael Jordan. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, the reason why I think Michael Jordan is the go because he dominated in a land of giants. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. But now it's, if you don't have wings, what are you? You can get away with absolutely no center. And if you're going to be a center, you got to be able to uh, shoot threes and do everything that everybody else can do. Yes. Yeah. And that's the huge thing now, too, is the three. Yeah. I, I, I probably couldn't even count on a handful of times I've actually watched the center when I was younger get behind the three-point line and shoot. Do you know how many threes in his career Shaquille O'Neal has? One. One. Exactly one three-pointer in his career. It. One, but I don't, I can't think of too many, but I think that's where it comes into the change and being ahead of its time, like kind of like in the sense of the Michael Jordan, where he was picked third and he's a shooting guard. And I'm not comparing, yeah, but also if you notice, nobody ever knocks Houston for taking a Lajuan in that draft. It's always the Sam Bowie thing that people bring up, always. How how can you? You can't. You, you, yeah. you still got two championships out of them. Yeah. I mean, that's the, like the, you know, we, of course, it's all knowing what we know now. But at the time when it was Zion Williamson coming out, you just, you're just taking Zion, right? Because yeah. just the, just the upside is just way too high for you to miss out on. So you got to, you got to take him, despite the fact that Jaw Wilk, I mean, Jaw Morant is uh, right behind him. Oh, I wish I was wearing my Murray State Racers hat. <laughs> He's got the best nickname now. The Jawick is just such a great nickname. I say, yeah. Well, the problem is he's uh as injury prone as Zion is. Uh, John Morant is dumb. So, yeah, I hope they both uh, figure it out because they're really good players. But exactly. yeah, yeah. Stop well, being Zion's cool. one of your co-hosts, right, Johnny? Yeah, Zion. Uh, yeah, he, he shows up on a panel discussion for time to time. 
I love that clip of of the guy put together as a TikTok reel or whatever, and it's a, all his highlights and using explosions and stuff like that. So I smash. <laughs> I I just telling you, like I remember, and I am not a Duke guy, obviously because I'm a Carolina guy, but I remember being blown away by the fact that he literally destroyed one of his tennis shoes. Oh yeah, by just playing <laughs> basketball in it. <laughs> Well, you can do that with big baller brands too, but that's for a different reason. <laughs> hey, you put some respect on the ball name. Oh, we got one of the best point guards in the league. I will. I will. When Brian apologizes for the Gino Toretta and Danny Warfel comments, <laughs> we're getting no apologies for any of us. <laughs> it was my guy in '92. Until, until I looked at that list, I had never heard of or thought of Gino Toretta. I. Loved Gino Toretta. That was like Gino Toretto is like if somebody said, "Hey, do you know Gino Toretto?" I would have been like, "Is he like that old New York cop from the 1970s?" I would have known exactly what you were talking about. Like, <laughs> oh, is is he the guy that owns all those Philly cheesesteak places? Oh man, I do like a good Philly cheesesteak yeah, though. You're good. <laughs> I, I, I only went to Tony Luke's when I was there. Tony <laughs> Luke, was there. Shout out to Tony Luke's. You want to sponsor us? Hey, I shout out to anybody who wants to sponsor. I'll kick Brian off the show if you ever catch his Facebook comment that he made to Alex about we don't root for Boston and Philly teams. So, but I'll kick him off if you sponsor us, Tony Luke. Oh, you don't root for Philly teams? You should be really happy with this James Harden stuff right now. This is gotta be making your day, Brian. I don't, I don't root for Philly, and I don't root for Boston teams ever. Period. I don't root for the Lakers, and that's about it. <laughs> Unless they had. Worthy, but they don't have worthy anymore, so I can hate them again. They're not worthy. Fair. But Johnny, Brian, here's the question. In hindsight, did Charlie Ward make the right move? And would it change the landscape of either pro football or pro basketball? I can go first on this. It would not change the landscape of pro basketball because I kind of think he was what he was destined to be when it comes to that. A really solid uh, backup point guard overall with a very good career that anybody would like to have. And he made really good money playing basketball. So I think from that aspect, he wouldn't have changed it. But also, I think you'd be lucky to have that kind of career, right? Anybody would. You'd be happy with it. And in fairness to him, too, in interviews, now he seems very content with his life. And I know I was making jokes at the beginning of this, but he really does come off pretty humble and he having no regrets now. Like he fears, he thinks his life went the way it was supposed to basically. And he's not mad about it. Uh, when it comes to football though, that's where this is to me the most interesting because the way that game has also changed when it comes to the quarterback position. So I'm very curious what you two think uh, about that question, because I honestly don't know. Because it could have gone either way. They could, he could have ended up. I think it depends on what team he would have got drafted to, right? Like one of them, some of them would have been really stuck in their ways and not even give them a chance. Because it's all about getting a chance. I think Charlie Ward made the right choice for his pocketbook. Yes, he definitely made more money playing basketball. As far as legacy goes, as minimal as he had and college like like it was so brief his like fame and he he made a impact 
which I don't think really shifted the league, but it was like a nice fun moment. I don't like that his career in basketball was so kind of boring. There wasn't really anything to it. There was no all-star moments. There was no championships. There was, there was nothing. It was just an ordinary player playing for an ordinary. Well, I guess no mid nineties. Knicks are good. They're good team. The Knicks. Yeah. They're a good team. He just wasn't part of it though, which sucks. So, I do think he made the wrong decision as far as like he could have had more of an impact in football. Maybe it's, as a legacy decision is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, as far as what we think, I think we could have seen like he, he may have been able to change the fate, the, the franchise, a specific franchise forever. Yeah. Cause like, I kind of think if you asked anybody, Hey, how long do you think Charlie Ward played professional basketball? I think people's guesses would be all over the map. I, I, less than five years. I, I would have could have been told it was less than five. Yeah, years. I would have said I would have probably said around ten. Well, I would have too, but it's because me and you are basketball nerds, especially about the nineties basketball. Yeah. But I'm talking like if you would have just asked anybody, hey, how many? Uh, first of all, they probably would have said Charlie who, and yeah. I'm not trying to offend them at all because I thought I'm a, again. Uh, I got very... stuck in Charlie Ward. So. <laughs> Hope it's not NFL stock. Uh, no, it's point. It's a rookie, a basketball card, Charlie Ward. So, I think he would have. I'm with Brian at kind of exactly what he said and what you guys were saying. You know, it depends on where he would have landed in the NFL. If the old guard would have got him, I don't think we would have seen anything. If somebody with fresh ideas and knew what to do with somebody like Charlie Ward, I think we would have seen what we're seeing now, maybe a little bit sooner of you know this age of quarterback where you're more athletic than what you are before sometimes it takes just one player to sort of start a shift and change in how an entire sport plays true steph curry is a great example of this yeah yeah i like that as far as nfl goes though they've they've been the most stubborn i think as mm-hmm. as far as any sport goes baseball too racing change well, no, but I mean, baseball's the the sport's so limited as far as I think of like a, a singular. It's not like you're inventing a new swing to get the ball out out of the park. It's not like you're inventing a new catch to get a. But football players, like quarterbacks, can change how you look and see like how you make a. The NFL has been slapped in the face by like by like five different guys like Fran Tarkenton, like smack. Wait, you're small and 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 you running out of the pocket all the time and always making plays out of structure. We don't like that. All right, he goes away. And then, like, he comes around, like, like, I'll skip away ahead. But, like, even, like, Michael Vick, like, smack in the face of, like, what of this? Like, a guy that can just take off and be the fastest guy in the field, and he's got a cannon for an arm. Oh, you're no, missing a guy. He goes away. Well, he, 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 had, he, had some, he had some other stuff going on. No, you're but missing the, a guy before Michael well, the Cunningham, but there's like the NFL has refused to embrace certain aspects of their sport that is fun and exciting, and it's been there the whole time. It was there back in 1993 when he was available to be drafted if he chose it to be, and no one wanted it. I think the the franchise that stands out, and this will be my final point, Tampa Bay. You stood on Vinny Testaverde and didn't even give this guy a third round – I know he may not have come, but let's say like you could have convinced him. You're there. You're in Tampa. You're you're only sixty miles away, probably. 
from where yeah. he is playing football. And you you didn't want that at you all. You probably would have sold tickets, right? Just you, you would have sold tickets to your hometown games. teams should always draft uh Hutchinson playing for the Lions right now. Dominant Michigan player, one of the best players ever to play defensive end for Michigan. The best defensive end in football right now. I yeah, that stands for in basketball too. The Hornets are always drafting Duke and Carolina players, and it's totally worked out for us. So <laughs> Okay, my <laughs> thing with the Bucks. I think with the Bucks is do you remember how bad the Bucks were in the nineties? Yeah, so he could have made it worse. So they I think kept it's rolling, when... they kept rolling Vinny Testaverdi out there. What did you expect? No, they got rid of Vinny. Vinny took over for Burns. Vinny's last year was. What like... mean they could have took a chance? <laughs> Vinny's last year was ninety two. Yeah, because ninety three he made it to. Uh, he he was with the Browns and they made it to See? the playoffs. Look how it lined up. They didn't even have a guy and they passed on him. Yeah, even bigger black guy. And you put him. some damn respect on Steve DeBerg's name. You put some <laughs> damn respect on Kansas Steve DeBerg's name. Off? No, thank you. I used to. That was my go-to uh, team in Tecmo. What one? The Kansas City. Oh. Steve DeBerg. You put some damn. On page. I can't play that game because uh, Jake DeLome's not in it, so I refuse to play it. I think I have one with Jake DeLome on my retro pie. <laughs> oh, somebody kind of went back in there and uh, did some stuff. You updated those rosters. The community of Tecmo Super Bowl. Oh, I guarantee I know. Yeah, all oh. kinds of games have a wild community. Yeah. I'm pretty sure those guys watch me play on the YouTube channel for the retroactive. And those guys probably cringe at some of the stuff that I do because they're like, wait a minute, you got to do this. You got to do that. What kind of playbook are you using? Yeah. I'm, but uh, I'm doing good with the jets. Though. I'm an NFL blitz guy. So oh. I can talk NFL blitz with you. That's about it. <laughs> I think we've, uh, Hail Mary every play. I think we've, uh, <laughs> There's a funny story behind that, but uh, but I think we've wrapped everything up in a neat little package. So uh, let us know what you think. Just like Charlie Max's Morgan. girlfriend said when she saw me naked, that's a nice, neat little package. Uh, let... <laughs> let us know how you feel Tell about the truth, this. It wasn't neat. <laughs> Send us a message. Uh, I grew. Got any? Uh, <laughs> Show show ideas or anything like that, and uh, yeah, thank you. Brian. I guess like Thanks for... Johnny's girlfriend said before. Let's, let's before, before we talk about my package, uh, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Oh yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate it. Uh, what? Uh, where can people go to check out your stuff? Go where you just found this podcast, and and just uh, type in crafting and drafting, and. Uh, I'm about to drop the 50th episode. I don't know nice. where the wall break it should be here, but uh, uh, that'll be the first episode of season four is the 50th episode, which Johnny and Andrew have helped along the way. I appreciate you guys being a part of that show as our guests. And um, Aaron Grievous you know, talk Star Wars. Yeah, make sure you check those out. Those sports fans are always into it. I felt weird dropping that in. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having multiple passions. That's right. In fact, I think it's healthy. Yeah. Just look at Charlie Ward. Exactly. Great example. Great example. All right. Uh, for Brian, for Andrew, I'm Johnny. Uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. And 
Uh, may the force be with you. Enjoy <laughs> your.